Production. Recorded live. Hey everyone, Hudson here. You are listening to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Today is August 29th, 2016, and this is episode number 128 entitled Where Art Thou and X? <laughs> Today, as usual, with me here, I have the Nintendo Fuse podcast crew comprising of Steve. Hey you guys, what's up? We have Greg. Hi everyone. And Barry. Hey guys, how's it going? So, welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. For those of you that may be joining for the first time, or if you are a long-time listener, welcome back. Uh, if uh, you aren't familiar with the podcast, what we like to do is we like to make this very interactive. That's what makes it fun. We want to know what you guys have to say. So, there's a couple different ways that you can participate. We record audio on TalkShoe, and you can listen to us live through there. But we're also streaming on Google Hangouts on our YouTube channel. Uh, so, you can watch us and comment along there as well. Uh, the full details on how to participate are on NintendoFuse.com right now. So if you go to NintendoFuse.com, it has the phone number to call in or the YouTube link to watch us and, and chat as well. So lots of different ways to participate. So if you're if you're watching or listening, comment, let us know what you think, and we'd we'd love to uh, to hear what you have to say. Um, we uh, uh, want to welcome from the chat here. Uh, we have Mike and we have uh, Javery Jefferson as well. Um, so welcome to them for, for, uh, for joining. Thanks for, for hopping on. So with that being said, we have, uh, we have some things to discuss tonight. So um, we're back because we're, we're kind of waiting for the big, the big stuff to happen. I know I've worked, Nintendo's in kind of this like waiting period, very quiet period right now. Uh, but there's still some interesting things to talk about. So first of all, before we get into the big stuff, Summer is basically over now, right? School starting up and all that stuff. So what have you all been playing this summer? 3DS, Wii U, Nintendo mobile games. Um, what have you guys been playing this summer? We'll start with you, Steve. Uh, this is going to be short. Um, it's been a crazy <laughs> summer. Um, I don't – was it last podcast that I wasn't even on? Because um, the thing has just been kind of crazy and everything. So um, I haven't been playing much at all uh, in terms of, like, actual games. Um, I played a lot of Pokemon Go. Um, I'm almost a level 20, um, which I know, like, there's people that are, like, way, way higher than I am. But most of those live in cities that have Pokestops, like, all over the place, and they have Pokemon that you can catch all the time. Um, so I feel like, you know, with all the chaos and everything, being almost level 20 um, is, is pretty solid for me. Uh, and then... Um, I check into Mitomo every once in a while. I get my like little daily thing and see what's going on there. Uh, I played uh, the Metroid Blast um, for the 3DS download. That was pretty fun. Um, I think it would be more fun if Rocket League wasn't such a thing, because um, it's Rocket League's a lot more fun than that. Um, but uh, yeah, I. It's a great idea. I thought it was a great idea from the very beginning. Um, but, yeah, um, it's not much compared to Rocket League. Uh, but I think it could be really cool. Um, I'm I'm excited about that game, mostly, like, events and stuff. Um, I'm thinking, like, if we go to PAX East and, and, like, sitting around in the handheld lounge, there'll probably be some, some blast ball tournaments and things like that. And that could be really fun to play with other people in person. Um, just playing by myself or playing online is eh. 
Um, but I'm thinking like local um, multiplayer could be really fun um, for Blast Ball. Um, it's a simple concept, and I think it, it's really fun. It's it's once you get the hang of controlling it, it's actually really really simple to control. Um, but it takes a quite a couple games, probably similar to Rocket League actually, to like kind of get your bearings down and like how it actually works. Um, but that's pretty much all I've been playing in terms of Nintendo games. Um, I got I got an Xbox One S the other day, so I've been kind of playing around with that the last week. Um, so yeah, anytime that I would have been, I, I, I turned my I turned my Wii U on the other day, and uh, that was about it. I didn't play anything. I just like turned it on and <laughs> just turned it on, make yeah, sure it was alive. Yeah, yeah. Like earlier this summer, I played uh, some Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, put a few hours into that, but I haven't touched it in a while because just yeah, life's been life's been crazy. So um, I haven't had time to really sit down and and sink myself into anything. Um, I think even even on Xbox, I mean, I I, I got the uh, the Halo uh, collection, and so I started into the Master Chief you know collection like the Halo One. I think I played it for like 30 minutes before I had to move on to something else. So um, that's pretty much my time period now, like 30 minutes here and there um, throughout the week. So whatever I can fit in and uh, catch the Pokemon along the way. Nice. What about you, Greg? <clears throat> You've gone to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for the 3DS side, I've been playing Box Box Boy. Um, it was a little eShop game that came out not long after E3. Um, it's really great. It's still down the last couple worlds that they did at the original one, which I really loved. Obviously, you can make like two sets of boxes, and then you're just doing these really short puzzle, plug-and-play type levels. So the mechanics are really sharp and really strong. I really enjoy it a lot. Um, I, earlier in the summer, I had finished up Fire Emblem Fates. I beat Revelations and also Conquest and Birthright throughout this year, so I'm ready to move on to other stuff. Um, I'll probably be starting into Great Blue Second in the next like few weeks or so. Once I finish up the uh, Box Box Boy, really excited to finally start uh, Great Blue Second. On the Wii U side, I have a review copy of Ax- Axiom Verge. Um, obviously, with the embargo, I can't talk a whole lot about it, but it's a really fun game so far, and I'm really enjoying it. I can stay tuned to the site when I'll be posting my review. Hopefully, in the next couple weeks. Wait. What about you, Barry? Uh, like uh, like Steve, time is not something I have a lot of right now um, due to life just literally taking a hammer and just beating me down. Um, but what I, I played some Pokemon Go. I'm at 22, but I've been at 22 for a week now. Like, I really, you know, was playing it every day, and I don't even have time to play it every day. And, and more times than not, if I'm driving, I'm driving to, like, a doctor's appointment. So, I'm not going to play, you know, while driving or, or go someplace with my grandmother in the car to try to, you know, go play uh, Pokemon Go instead of sitting in the car questioning what the hell is going on. So uh, I really haven't done that. Mitomo, just, just tell her you're catching imaginary pocket monsters. Yeah. I'll probably forget <laughs> in, in three minutes thanks to dementia. But uh, that could result in some pretty hilarious conversations, actually. But uh, like uh, like Steve also, I've been doing Mitomo. I know Greg's been doing it too, but it's pretty much come in, listen to ten people, answer three questions, questions of the day, and that's about it. Like I'm, it's no longer captivating me. It's almost like a chore. It's like ah, I've got like a minute to 
fair. Let me just do it. Uh, yeah. Because because of limited time, I have been on the 3DS more. Um, uh, still playing Pokemon Shuffle. Uh, hammered out everything, ready for the new content. Uh, S ranked everything, all my stuff maxed. You know, for, for the Pokemon I use. Um, so I'm good there. I've been doing Picross, Pokemon Picross. Uh, really love it. Uh, I went from that to the Zelda Picross from the My Club Nintendo's reward. Uh, finished that completely. Uh, found Picross is just really, really great just to play at night. So that's when I've been doing that right before going to sleep. It really works. I actually got my wife hooked on it now. Uh, but uh, that's about it, honestly. For, oh, I, I've been doing Omega Ruby still. Pokemon Omega Ruby. I'm trying to get through that before Sun and Moon come out. Will I do it? I don't know. But uh, on the Wii U side, uh, haven't actually played anything on the Wii U. Uh, I did play uh, No Man's Sky on the PS4 when that came out. Cause that was one. I'm like, I'm totally going to play this. I've been looking forward to it. And, and I played it the first night, and I'm like, this is freaking great. And I was going to my objective, and I saw a pretty little cave with some minerals. I'm like, I'm totally going in there. It's rich in minerals. About 20 minutes of wandering around, I realized I'm lost. It took me 45 minutes to get out of that cave, and there was no way to get out other than walking out. And my vertigo was starting to kick in as I'm going literally around in circles, and I'm getting frustrated and hot. I'm like, yeah, okay. So uh, I haven't played much since because of the lack of direction. And uh, it's a great concept. It's great if you have the time to sit there and just wander the galaxy equal three. I don't have that luxury. So without that sense of urgency to, to really follow the storyline, it's now back on the shelf. Uh, the only other thing I am playing, I've been uh, playing on my Vita. Uh, I've been playing uh, Ease Memories of Celseta, which is a game that I've had for a while now. I've wanted to play. I finally said, no, I'm going to sit down at least to play it. It's an RPG on the go. At least I can do that while taking care of some other duties. And it's actually really, really good. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that the Ease games didn't go back to the uh, Nintendo's platform after Ease 1 and 2 on DS. But uh, I guess the benefit of having multiple systems can at least enjoy the games you like. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I've had time for, sadly. Gotcha. Um, I want to read in the chat what uh, what people have been saying. So Mike said, at the moment, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Flash FE, is that what it is? I always forget. Sharp. Sharp FE. It's Flash, hashtag, sharp, something. Yeah, this is a musical <laughs> one this time. That's right. Okay. There we, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and Monster Hunter Generations. Rocket League has my nights, he says. I got I got to get in on this Rocket League. I got it on, uh, on PS4. I got to join in on this now. Um, so yeah. And then Jabber Jefferson also says Rocket League. Uh, oh, Mike said recently picked up Armacrog, too. Um, so that's what, uh, what they've been playing. If anybody else uh, listening or watching uh, wants to comment as well, We'll, we'll read what you have been playing on the podcast. Um, for myself, um, I have not really touched the Wii U. So Steve turning on his Wii U is probably more than, than I've done in a while. Um, aside from earlier in the summer when my uh, family from California was visiting, uh, it's me, my two sisters, and four cousins. So we had seven-player Smash going and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, on the 3DS side, well, I have been playing Pokemon Go a little bit as well. Not as much lately just because I've been busy, but uh, but the whole that 
kind of got me back into Pokemon X on, on 3DS. So I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, mostly playing this multiplayer with my sister. Um, and I did get Metroid Prime Federation Force. And my initial impressions are not so great, but I think it's because also my new 3DS XL, the little C-Stick, if I turn it like down or something, like it, it's not fully sensitive in one, in one direction. Um, and so the problem is it's one that I imported because it's the blue color and they don't sell that here. So it's not like I can go and get it replaced or something. So, I mean, it's not too big of a deal in, in most games, but in this game, if I'm trying to aim with a C-stick, it's a little, like, too slow and not as sensitive as I'd like. So, um, I might have to try a different control team or do something with it. I need to kind of play it a little bit more. Um, but other than that, not too much else because I do get married in less than a month. So, that's kind of kept me busy Woo-hoo. with all the preparations. And stuff. Um, but, uh, but I have found some time to play... Uh, uh, Triforce Heroes and Animal Crossing New Leaf um, with uh, with my fiance, so that's been fun. Um, and yeah, so that's what uh, what I've been playing. Uh, let's see here. So that's pretty much it for for the summer. You guys are I'm like trying to keep a straight face. Uh, you see the uh, the chat that we have going sometimes. It's it's secret. Can't can't reveal what's being discussed, but it's <laughs> so the 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 fun part is when I missed the first question and all I see was was Barry's response. I'm like, what is he talking about? Because <laughs> it just pops up above his picture. And I'm like, Why would he say that? That's so uh, weird. And it opens up. They're like, oh, he's answering a question. It's like I try and speak with a serious face, and it's like, oh, huh, that's that's not gonna happen on this podcast. Uh, oh. I actually uninstalled Pokemon Go. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Kind of boring. Catching oh, just dowsy, catch a dowsy eighteen hundred times a day. What uh, what team are you on? Red. Valor. Yes, <laughs> one less red team member. <laughs> you valor deserter! You're dick. <laughs> I got a uh, a valor hat on the way. Like one of those ones that they were like advertising on Facebook, and oh, it was nice. like free. I guess with paid shipping, so I like pay like seven or eight dollars for shipping, so it should be sometime here. I guess I, I don't that know. Too. It was some I scam. Like doing things without PayPal, so I'm like, I don't know if this site's legit or just collecting credit cards. So I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I paid through PayPal, and it's my PayPal is not not attached to my bank account or anything. So I was like, okay, this is the safest way for me to pay. And if you know, like I've had my PayPal account hacked before. And they're really good about returning everything. And so I was like, okay, I can keep an eye on this. And just in case it is a scam, like, I know exactly how much money is in there and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah that sounds fantastic. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So uh, the, the one thing, another, the next topic that we want to discuss actually kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Nintendo has announced some new hardware. Are you guys ready? <gasps> Brand new hardware. It is. The Galaxy style new Nintendo 3DS XL. <laughs> there's there's so, your no, blue. Not there's a new Super Mario Galaxy game. Not a new, you know, no NX, nothing. It's another 3DS. Um, yeah. Another color of the new 3DS XL. Um, and it was kind of random. Like, they just tweeted it, and it was Reggie. Like, they had an image of a Galaxy, and it's like, what are they teasing? And then all of a sudden, it just fades, and you have Reggie holding the new 3DS XL. 
Um, and the name of it, too, New Galaxy-style new Nintendo 3DS XL, as if it wasn't new enough. Um, they had to have new twice yeah. in the name. Reggie's turned into Sakurai in terms of trolling us. <laughs> I so, don't know. So, so I know you're going to talk about this, but I, I just I got to say, like, I don't – why are why is everybody so excited about this? Like, everybody that I was uh, seeing on comments on – on their Instagram and their Twitter when they were, when they announced this, like everybody was either, why are you trolling us? And I want galaxy three or NX news. But the other half of people were going, Oh my gosh, I have to have this. I, it doesn't seem that exciting to me. I have no idea why people got excited. And I apologize if you guys are, because I just don't get it. When I saw that I was actually on Facebook and I was taking a moment, and I saw it from Nintendo, an important announcement from Reggie. I'm like, what, what, hold on. Like, so I noticed it was posted like 13 minutes ago. I'm like, this is new. No one said anything. What is this? Like, I got to see this quickly. And as I was watching, I'm like, oh, my God, Galaxy 3. And then I saw it, I'm like, stop. <laughs> like, like, total troll. But it does honestly look really pretty. My wife is actually involved with it. Uh, I don't know if she's going to get one or not, but. It it does look really, really nice. Uh, I just kind of wish they didn't troll us with the announcement or at least saved it for something else. But it is cool that it's out today or at least out this week. So that's kind of cool. There's no waiting around for it. But I wish they would give people blue. I see so many people that want that blue. I know it's on you imported for a blue. It's a, such a simple primary color. Like, just give people blue and let them have fun. This is basically blue, right? Like you just got that galaxy thing on the front. No, it's so purple. if you could somehow like break yeah, it off. It's purple. Oh. <laughs> Which the purple, I mean, uh, my sister has a midnight purple regular 3DS. Um, and this looks like a similar shade kind of from the outside. Um, and uh, that purple 3DS looks really nice. Uh, so I can understand, I guess, if people are excited about the color purple. And apparently somebody I saw... I was reading the NeoGAF, like, post about it or whatever, and, and somebody was saying that, like, on Instagram and other stuff, like, apparently, like, Galaxy-style stuff is, like, becoming popular now, like, that design. Uh, so, I guess that that's the thing they're, they're capitalizing on. To me, on. it looked like something from, like, 15, 20 years ago was popular back when, like, that sort of thing was popular. Like, everybody had a Galaxy on their, you know, wallpaper on their laptop and everything. I was like, this looks like so, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But if it's becoming around again, maybe they're just kind of trying to jump on trends, I guess. What they're trying to do is they're trying to push more 3DS sales because the NX is right around the corner. And once they announce the new NX, if they announce that it's affordable as well, then, you know, 3DS sales might dip. So right before they announce, here's the new 3DS Excel to quickly boost some sales. I bet that's what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. And they basically the they took quick. the purple ones and slapped a new coat of paint on the outside, and there you go. Yep. Yeah, that's another right. option. Yeah. The uh, yeah, and I mean, it seems like they're just kind of they're doing that sort of thing with the uh, uh, the different options. They had some bundles or something that they that they released recently with uh with Amiibos and. Uh, yeah, like I know, well, like Mario Party with Bowser and like Mario yeah. Party with like Peach and stuff like that. Yoshi's Woolly World as well, and Captain with the with, with like the pink one and the blue one. <laughs> yeah, 
So, I, you know, it seems like they're just trying to push out as much of that stock as possible now, uh, like Steve said before, you know, any other possible announcements come. Um, so, doesn't sound like any of us are getting this Galaxy style in the Street Yes XL. Um, I'm saving up all my money for the internet. Yeah, I don't need a, another cut, another 3DS just for a coat of paint. Right. Okay. It came with like a, a new like processor and like speeds up the games another like 10%, then heck yeah, but it's not going to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they actually planted a demo for Super Mario Galaxy 3 pre-installed on it without telling anybody and like ninja it out there? The second people found out <laughs> that thing would be gone. <laughs> gone. Gone. Even just like an exclusive Street Pass puzzle, and it was like a little teaser image of Super Mario Galaxy 3 or something. <laughs> and they're the first ones to get it. Done. All systems sold. <laughs> That's like how hungry we are for anything new from Nintendo now. <laughs> we just need something. They know it. Uh, yes, definitely. So that is available as soon as they start showing up in store in, in stores. They shipped it out today. Uh, so keep an eye out on it if you are interested. Maybe you're holding off on the new 3DS XL or something until, you know, for whatever reason, or you wanted it for the holidays or something. So now you have this color option available now as well. Um, so that is that. And that brings us to our main topic then um, for tonight's which is the NX. Now, I know we're all wondering when is it coming, right? And and I want to talk about that, but uh, I do want to preface Do you have insider saying, information? <laughs> well, he does. Nintendo Fuse does have a pretty good track record at something, mm. and we were talking about this before the podcast. If you guys haven't listened to the show in the past, I'll tell you what's happened many times, is uh, we've had a podcast, and then within the next few days, Nintendo has announced and or actually held Nintendo Direct. Um, so I'm not saying the NX is going to be announced or they're going to tell us when it's coming this week, but all I'm saying is there's a pattern that typically tends to happen. So we shall see. Um, just, you might just, want to pay attention to emails at <laughs> NintendoFuse.com and our Twitter if any announcements happen. <laughs> we, we are recording this for all you Nintendo fans out there. We are doing this specifically today to get you the information as soon as possible <laughs> because of this track record. So if something's announced, I will place a PO box where you can please send gifts and donations. <laughs> That's the sacrifice we're willing to take. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> um, so before we talk about when it's coming, I, I know we're, you know, we're joking about it and we'll, we'll definitely discuss all that. Um, I want to kind of bring up a couple of the rumors so we can talk about what the NX is and all of that and, and have that sort of factor in. So um, there's, there's two kinds of rumors I want to discuss. One is by Eurogamer, um, which was the big report that came out and a couple of other sites like IGN and stuff kind of said their sources seemed to agree with, with what they had heard. And then I want to talk about stuff from Emily Rogers, if you know her and her recent rumors that she posted um, as well. Uh, so Eurogamer, let's start with that. Uh, they claim that uh, it will be a portable, the NX will be a portable handheld console with detachable controllers. 
so it'll basically be a high-powered handheld console with its own display. Uh, so it has a screen on it um, and it has two controllers you can detach or, or attach on and play with. Um, it uh, will have like a, a docking station that you can basically uh, put the controller onto so that you can then display the games on your TV. Um, it will be powered by NVIDIA's Tegra uh, mobile processor. It will play games with game cartridges as its physical media. Um, and they've heard the suggestion that Nintendo recommends 32 gigabyte cartridges. Um, and they've been told by one source that there are no plans for backwards compatibility due to the radical change in hardware design and internal technology. Another source said the system would run on a new operating system from Nintendo and not on Android, contrary to some earlier rumors. Um, and Nintendo is sacrificing power to ensure it can squeeze all of this technology into a handheld. Um, and they are claiming that the system will be unveiled in September. Um, let me see if there's any other pieces of information. That's essentially a summary of the new rumors that they kind of had. Um, and then real quick, I want to discuss the Emily Rogers stuff, and then we'll we'll kind of talk about it. Uh, so Emily Rogers, so Eurogamer is pretty reliable overall. Emily Rogers, people kind of debate whether she has insider sources or not. So she claimed that um, the NX's detachable controllers support force feedback and motion controls. Uh, she said the NX prototype had a 6.2-inch 720p multi-touch touchscreen. So unknown if the final product will be any different, but that's a prototype. Prototype of the docking station had USB ports. Uh, she heard two USB ports, but doesn't know if the um, if anything will change. And then she also mentioned something about there's a rumor in the past about Game Freak uh, bringing like a Pokemon game or something. Uh, I think the rumor might have specifically said Pokemon Sun and Moon. I can't remember. And she said there may be some truth to that rumor about Game Freak or something. So she didn't really clarify what or in what capacity, but she said that. So with all that being said. What do you believe? What do you think? Does it make you excited or not? Any thoughts on that? I'll start with Steve. I only feel like, I mean, I, I apologize ahead of time for um, listeners because I feel like I'm going to be a broken record for a second. Um, I don't think they need to sacrifice power at all um, because in in the the direction that it seems that video games are going um with with vr and with ar and with like 3d even if it's not like full out 3d it's like 3d ish sort of things like there needs to be some power under the hood in order to really push it and so the portability of it is cool um if it's got you know i like the idea i i love the fact that like most of these rumors are not saying that it's going to be touchscreen only anymore because that was I thought that was ridiculous if they went touchscreen only and so I like the fact that there's going to be it seems like there's going to be actual controllers because that makes more sense for them to to go that route um I like the hybrid idea um there was a rumor at one point that it said something about like it by itself that it would be a, only able to to do like 
you know, it have one one processor in its in its portability or in its portable form. But then when combined with a, a home docking station or something like that, the, the, they go together and give like extra power. That would be really cool um, because I get the idea that they would try to sac sacrifice some of the the power to make it more portable. Um, but at the same time, like I have this like cell phone that is a lot more powerful than my 3DS. And and I know that the way like portable processors and everything are the way they're getting, like that's not going to be incredibly difficult to make a really high powered portable processor anymore to to throw next to I mean HD quality um, stuff at a at a handheld game system. So I don't know if I buy that anymore. Um, that that they're trying to sacrifice all this for for portability. Um, I think at this point we've also realized that. Um, so many people are going toward uh, PC gaming because they want as most as powerful of a, of, a, of a system as they can get because they're not satisfied with whatever the the PS4 and the Xbox are able to do. They want to actually go and, and customize their their own system in order to give it as much power as they can. And they're paying thousands of dollars for for a home gaming system. And so I don't think price is that big of a deal. I think it's cool um, if they get priced down, but I don't think they should be tied to trying to put out a sub $200 uh, home console and portable console because they think that will sell more when they could, if they pushed it up to three or $400, I think it will still sell. Um, so if, if they're trying to, you know, lessen the, the cost and lessen the, the power um, for portable sake and for all this, I, I think they need to rethink um, a lot, but, uh, but everything else, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like, oh my gosh, those are amazing, like rumors. I can't believe this is true. A lot of those rumors kind of seem like, yeah, duh. Like, why wouldn't they do that? Why wouldn't they do that? I, I kind of assume a lot of those would be true. At least I hope they are. Um, the one that I that really like, I, I've been talking about, um, is the is the power thing. I really hope that's not true. I hope they're not sacrificing on that. I mean, I definitely agree that I would say I would rather them not sacrifice it, but I know they just have that huge tendency to do so. It's like they don't feel compelled to be in the race with everybody else. So it's like they'd rather keep the $200 price tag just to use like the cheapest tech that's not going to last long, long term. Um, obviously, I can see the hybrid stuff working out. I don't know until they actually play anything. So. It's something I'm hoping for, but I don't know yet because there's so little information on it. In terms of all the right. ported games, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, they probably are always experimenting with that stuff just so you have launch titles available that are easy to do. But, again, that's all hearsay. I mean, they obviously were working on all, like, all the different Zelda games, and now those have actually come out. So, well, I guess we'll see which titles actually remain going and which ones will get scrapped. I mean, you always hear about the bits of these games being inside other games where they got copied over some of the gameplay and the graphics and just kind of changes it around a bit. But, I mean, that's usually about all that usually happens with that. Don't have a whole lot else on it. <clears throat> gotcha. What about you, Barry? Uh, I mean, I'm all for the hybrid idea. Uh, I've said it for a while that, that they needed to combine their development sources, especially 
if they don't get third party. Uh, Nintendo is the only company in the gaming industry that can keep a console afloat with their own property. The only one. And they've been keeping two consoles afloat. Granted, the Wii U has been taking in some water and gargling some of it out, but they still made money. It was still profitable. Uh, and that's very impressive. So the hybrid idea, I've been totally for. The sacrifice for power, I know some people are very upset about it. Um, I'm okay with it as long as it's for portable only. Like Steve said, there is that other rumor about another box. It may not come with it. It may be an additional thing to buy that can plug in. And I heard that it won't have any extra graphics chip, but it'll have extra processing power and memory and, and RAM uh, to make the games run better and smoother. And I'm for that. I, I think if it's going to be put on your TV, I'm not saying have, it has to be 4K ready. I know the Xbox One S is. I know at least for, for movies, and I know the Xbox the One Scorpio and, and PlayStation 4 Neo will be 4K. But I don't think at this point the majority of, of households have 4K TV. I do know that the majority of households have at least one flat screen, whether it be LCD, LED, uh, 4K, they've got a flat screen, OLED, whatever, whatever type, they've got a flat screen. And it needs to look good. It needs to look sharp. And it, it will be the determiner of what some people buy. Some people will walk into a Walmart and they'll see a PS4 kiosk and they'll see an Xbox One kiosk and then they'll see the NX kiosk and they'll look at the game and whatever one attracts them the most, just based on what's on there, they'll buy. There are some people like that. And they just look at what's pretty, ooh, pretty shiny I want. Uh, but it does need to, to do that. As for <clears throat> how they can do that while selling at a profit, because they stated they weren't going to sell at a loss, at least that's the rumor. Um, I'm really hoping the X1 is uh, is not what they use. I hope that they do do NVIDIA. They do um, they do the X2, which has not been announced yet, but it's rumored to be. And NVIDIA apparently really wants to get into the gaming market. Uh, they've been doing their own thing with the Shield. And uh, AMD is what does PS4 and Xbox One and even the Wii U. So they might give them some kind of really good deal. And if that's the case, I hope it is next too. There's also that other rumor uh, you didn't mention, Hassan, about AMD actually making a deal with Nintendo. What's this all about? Uh, no idea. Um, so that could throw a whole monkey wrench into the whole thing. But I'm I'm for it as long as it's the X2. The X1, I'm going to be really upset. The X1 came out in like 2011. And uh, it's a five-year-old chip. That's <laughs> not state-of-the-art uh, chips, which is exactly what they stated. Uh, the X2 would be state-of-the-art. <clears throat> uh, as for the other stuff, Game Freak making a game, totally see it. I can totally see them making the third Pokemon game for Sun and Moon on that system exclusive. Or, you know, kind of like what they did. Not Game Freak didn't do it, but Nintendo did it with uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the very first one that came out, Red Team, Blue Team. Red Team was GBA, and Blue Team was DS. I'm going to bridge the two systems. <clears throat> so I can see them do Sun and Moon on the 3DS and Eclipse or Earth or whatever they want to call it uh, on the on the NX. And I think that will sell. Um, another thing with, uh, with the system, the detachable controllers, I saw this mock-up. I don't know how real this is or if this is somebody's pipe dream. But they showed an NX 
what looked like an NX you know system where the right controller port detached and you could buy extra controller ports like a yokai watch one with a wheel with a watch and you attach it or a fishing one with like a little reel or a racing one with a little steering wheel i don't know how crazy but knowing nintendo and the fact that they made a game for a wii zapper i can actually see them realistically doing this uh as gimmicky as all hell and i kind of hope it doesn't happen but i can just see like one of them was like a gun with like triggers and I was like, you're like, really shooting. Like, I mean, gimmick as, as, as could be, but it's just an idea. Uh, still see the detachable controllers. Um, the one thing I am worried about is the screen. 6.2-inch screen, uh, multi-touch 720p sounds amazing for a portable. 6.2-inch is also the same size as the Wii U GamePad, uh, and that's pretty big to try to fit in your pocket. Uh, now, they're very well what probably happened is they probably took a gamepad, gutted out the screen, put this new screen in there, and played around with it as an experiment uh, to see how it would work. And that's maybe what somebody saw in one of the articles where they're getting this information. But if it is 6.2-inch, 720p, you know, HD screen, multi-touch, finally, I'm happy with it as long as there's physical controls. Like Steve said, it has to be physical controls. But I don't know how the hell this is going to be portable because the, that's the one thing about the clamshell design is I actually do take my 3DS everywhere, but I don't take my Vita anywhere because there's no clamshell. I don't want the screen damaged. Uh, and the, I would probably feel the same way about the NX. Yeah. yeah. Was, wasn't part of the rumor where, like, the screen kind of, like, folds in kind of thing? or So it like, would make it, obviously, you'd be able to kind of fold it? Um. I don't think it was a part of this rumor, but then again, nobody's really said specifically. Uh, I mean, oh. they just, you know, they're saying a screen or, but I mean, and, but then we've also heard the whole rumors a while ago about the freeform displays, meaning the screen may not be a typical rectangular shape. It could be some other shit, you know, so we, it, we really don't know. Uh, it could be, could be anything. Well, yeah. Yeah. I hope they, I mean, it. I wouldn't mind if it was like a six inch screen. Um, I know a lot of people that, that I mean, it, it seems big to me, um, but I know a lot of people that use like the the phablet size phones, and they fit them in their pockets, and they're fine with them, and they love them. But only if it is like clamshell sort of thing, and and you put the controls like on the other side of it, because if you got the six inch screen, and then you got the controls on the outside, of it, that would be really big. And there's no way it's fitting in any of my pockets. But if it does, if it does, you know, collapse on the controls or something like that, I I could be okay with that. I think. Um, I'd be okay if it was like a five-inch screen though too. I think that would be plenty big um, for portability. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm I'm fine with you know doing a little gaming on my my 4.7-inch iPhone 6s um, screen. So that size would be fine with me. Um, right. Um, I wanted to say on the subject of uh, um, so a couple things on the subject of power. Um, you know, I know we're talking about Nintendo possibly sacrificing power that sort of thing. The way that I see it, I mean, uh, you know, it, it all kind of depends on what NX really is. Um, if it's a console, like a home console, if that's primarily a home console, but then also portable or something like that, which I don't know exactly how that would specifically work. But, you know, then, yes, I would want, you know, more power or something uh, clearly graphically more better than the Wii U, that sort of thing. But the latest rumors almost make it sound like the opposite, where it's a portable first. But by the way, it also connects to the TV. So if you kind of think of it more so a portable, um, 
the whole 720p screen, all that stuff. The for a portable, that sounds really good, the graphic wise, and, and sounds you know you look at the power of a system. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Plus, battery life, all that kind of stuff too, uh, to take into consideration there. Um, so it really just kind of depends, I think, on what NX is. Uh, but I also kind of, you know, I've really been going back and looking at quotes and stuff of like how they described the NX before. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me is that they always refer to the NX as a platform. And that always kind of put this vision in my mind of like something similar to what Apple has with like iOS, where you have iPhone, iPad, Apple TV now, that sort of thing, where the, these are all these different devices, but a lot of their gaming library is shared. So you have your iPhone, great. You get an iPad, you can play iPhone games on it, but then there's also iPad games and stuff, you know. You get an Apple TV, oh, now you can screen, you know, do AirPlay and play all these games on your TV, that sort of thing. So it's like you have the App Store. All the games and stuff are there, you know, it's all there. So I almost envision it as this is the first NX device where it's a portable. And yeah, you can connect it to your TV, great. But then maybe they're working on an actual console, which is, you know, even more powerful, that sort of thing. And, and you'll have a shared gaming library, that sort of thing. So that's kind of where I'm envisioning it. And if that's the case, I love portables and I prefer portable gaming to console gaming. So I'd be really excited about a powerful handheld and then down the road playing the same games possibly on a more powerful home console or something like that later. It's kind of cool. So I don't know if that's what Nintendo's going for, but that would certainly be interesting. Yeah, you've got a point. I mean, because, like, a lot of my frustration with this whole thing is definitely based on the the rumor that it still is, that it would be both a, you know, a true hybrid sort of system. But if it's not, if it just, if it's primarily handheld that just also does TV, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, sacrifice what you need to to make, but still make it a quality handheld. Um, that would be, that would be fantastic for me as well. Um, and I like the idea of a platform. I, I've liked that ever since, you know, I've gotten into the, the iPhone world and everything with, with those. I love the fact that, you know, I get a new phone. I can still play the old stuff. I still can, you know, download the old apps. It's on my account system. It's not tied to that device itself. Um, and I like, it seems like that's where um, Xbox and PlayStation are going in the future as well with their home consoles, that they're trying to just, like, create these small upgrades that I think will, they're, they're be backward compatible with their back one, their old ones because they just get like higher specs. It's like the next year's version of it, and it, you know, at some point I'm guessing just like phones and stuff, they'll they'll get to a certain point where okay, the the 2016 version doesn't really play these brand new ones anymore, and you have to you will have you you need to upgrade now. Um, but if they create that sort of platform, that actually excites me um, a little more because it it's creating this this. Uh, um, what do you call it, a uh, platform, but a, a world that you're in um, a little more with that system. You're going to have buy-in, I guess, um, with like, okay, I'm I'm all in on Nintendo's, you know, world of games. Ecosystem. Like that. Ecosystem. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, that's what I originally thought when I first heard the hybrid idea. <laughs> I thought, okay, cool, March, they're going to release the handheld and then maybe fall Christmas time, they're going to release the home console, and it's going to be very Turbo Graphics, Turbo Express kind of deal, or, or Genesis, you know, Nomad kind of deal, where it's the same game, and you can play it, literally the exact same game on the home or in the system, you know, portable. Obviously, the portable is a little bit less power than the home console, and that's what I still hope for. 
still hope that they do that in addition to allowing the portable to also connect to the TV, kind of like the PSP was able to. Uh, I still think that's a great idea to do, and especially an alternative. Hey, you bought this $200 portable, and now you can also hook it to the TV, so you don't have to spend another $200 for our box uh, because you can still do that. But if you want even more power in those games, if you want all these new features, now you can spend the extra $200, but you don't necessarily need to do it. Right. Um, and Mike uh, mentioned, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it before with the rumors and stuff, but he said they did file a patent for a processing unit that connects to a console. So they had the whole supplemental computing device, uh, like patent or something. So, you know, theoretically you could have devices or in whatever shape or form kind of work together to make a more powerful uh, thing. And, and to some extent, on a much smaller scale, Nintendo's kind of done that with the 3DS and new 3DS. You know, you have some games that run better on a new 3DS. It's the same game, um, but it runs better. So if you kind of almost take that concept, but on a bigger scale, maybe run 720p on a handheld, but then with either this dock that may have processing power or a new console down the road or something, maybe now it's 1080p or something. Um, I don't know if that other... Sorry, what was that? They did that with the N64 with the four megabyte expansion pack. There was yeah. that you didn't need it, but it ran better if you had it. Exactly. Yeah. Is there is is it possible? Okay. So when people have been talking about the you know doing um, cartridges, is it possible? I mean, before they did that with the you know Super FX chips and the Super Nintendo games, you know you can't really do much with a disc in terms of like it basically just holds data as far as I know. But if if they actually did do cartridges you know, would that cartridge be able to have extra RAM or different capabilities they could build into the chip into the, in the cartridge itself that could add, you know, when it's plugged into this gaming system, it, it pushes it out and does extra stuff. But when it's plugged into this one, it knows, okay, this doesn't have it. So it's going to leave it out. The answer to that, Steve, I would have to think would be yes. And they did stuff like that back in the day with uh, like Zelda, Oracle, Oasis, and Oracle season. They actually had a GBA shop where if you were playing it on the Game Boy Color, you couldn't access it. But if you played on the Game Boy Advance, which came out shortly after, now that shop would be open. So if they were able to do it back in the Game Boy cartridge, I would think that they would be able to have some kind of switch in these new cartridges to say, hey, this is on the portable and this is on the home console, uh, and therefore load this extra thing. The other thing they could do is, historically, when they've had cartridge systems, they've always had like a limit, you know, how, how big they can be. And certain companies have made unlicensed games using a bigger uh, RAM card in the in the chip for more or in the, in the cartridge for more memory uh, that could actually push the system a little bit beyond. So, like these are 32 gig cards. What's to say that they might say, all right, you know what, Square Enix wants to put Final Fantasy 16 on, but they want a 64 gig card so <coughs> big. They're not going to repeat the same mistake they did with the N64. Okay, well, let's make 64 gig cards, and therefore, hey, you know what? Now we have this extra option. It might cost a little bit more. It might be an extra 10 bucks. They did that back in the Super Nintendo days or the NES days. If you look, there are some that are like 4 bits and, and, and 6 bits, and like different, different size memory on those cards, but they had a limit. And the, there were some that were actually cheaper because, well, they didn't need that stuff. And they did it even with the Genesis. I think uh, Fantasy Star 4 was like $100 because it came on with the biggest possible Genesis card. Uh, and 
yeah, it might cost a little bit, but to have that option, I think it's huge. Right. Cool. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of going cartridges just in general. Um, I know a lot of people like they kind of just a retro idea. I think I think it's practical. And in, in our day and age, like now, the cost of them has come down so much, and you can cram so much more data than you could before. Um, I think it's a it's a practical solution, and there's so many more options that they can do with it than they can, they can't do with the disc. You just you just can't. There's read and write capabilities that you could and you could touch into if you wanted to and uh, and create some different thing, even, you know, what they kind of wanted to do with the disk system back in the day, um, that they could kind of do some read and write. Um, and my mind is going like a lot of different directions, but I'm not even a programmer. Um, so I'm sure that once, you know, if people actually that know how to write this stuff here, oh, wow, this is our platform. It, it, to me, it sounds like a, a cartridge would be more exciting than, than a disk going forward. Well, not only that, but, but fans have done this for dead systems. Um, the best example I can think is of the Virtual Boy. Each card of the Virtual Boy actually had a limit. And when the, the fans actually created Hyper Fighting, the Street Fighter II game for the Virtual Boy, it was too big for an actual Virtual Boy cart. They could only release the demo. So the physical releases they actually did of the full game, they had to make a custom cart that had double the space as the largest game. And the Virtual Boy can run it, no problem, even though it was never intended to have a cart that big. So that tells me if, if this was possible back in the system from 1995, that they could make expandable cartridge space on a console in 2016 or 2017 uh, very easily. If fans can do it, you know, then why can't Nintendo? Right. And the, uh, I mean, the whole idea of the, almost changing like gaming structure where your game would play differently in one system versus the other. I mean, Sony's doing it with the Neo, Microsoft is doing it with the Scorpio. I mean, you know, this is, it seems like this is kind of the trend that the gaming industry is going in in general. Um, so it certainly would, would, would make sense. I, I would think initially, regardless of whatever happens with, you know, another console, that sort of thing, I think initially, they're probably just going to announce one device, which is, you know, if, if the rumors are true, this supposed portable that can connect to your TV, that sort of thing. Um, so we'll have to see, you know, what happens with that. But um, but it's definitely interesting. But what do you guys think as far as, you know, so if March, right, that's the time frame Nintendo gave, and then at their last investor briefing, they said it again, so they seem to be sticking to it. They're running pretty short on time. When are when are we gonna find out about it? <laughs> I here's my thought. Like, like I, they must have a really, really tight rein on some developers, and and just have them have their lips incredibly tight and not talking at all, because if they are gonna release it in March, then. I have no idea how they're going to pull it off if they if they don't have all this behind the scenes and and have people say like we will like shut your company down if you say anything at all before we do um, because if that's not going on behind the scenes that is that's a very very short time frame to be able to turn around stuff that's like really quality which goes against what Reggie has admitted recently about like he knows the the problems that they had and why Wii U didn't succeed at launch and since then. And so they, if they truly want to correct that, 
then they have to get third-party developers on. They have to get other developers, even second-party and everything, and they have to get the hype up and everything else. And so even if they, they said, boom, September, here is everything, well, that's not very much time like if, if, if everything's going to pick up from that point on. So I'm hoping, maybe it's a false hope, but I'm hoping that a lot of stuff is going on behind the scenes so that when it does, when the, the product, uh, the announcement is, you know, they actually unveil it, that they can just go full force and just say, okay, here it is, here's the games, here's how it'll run, here's what it'll look like, here's the price, here's when you can pre-order it, here's everything. And because we've been holding back until we can just unleash all this information at one time. But I don't know. That's just Nintendo. <laughs> what would be cool is if they started like that direct by showing uh, Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and slowly, like from the center, like fold the image to the NX image to really show the difference between Wii U and its full glory to the NX. Like, I think that as long as it looks significantly different, I think that would be a huge selling point, like come out swinging kind of deal. Like, look, we're serious. But as for third party, like you mentioned, like there has to be stuff behind the scenes. Uh, we know Sega, Square Enix, Activision, Warner Brothers, and Ubisoft are confirmed. Those five are confirmed. The one thing that really worries me is EA is not. And I know there was some bad blood. I'm not a big fan of EA games, but I know the importance of EA games. Sports games do sell to a crowd. Uh, Wii U did not have that. They had it right at the start, and then it was gone. Other titles, Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be a big title. Well, you know, they're losing Bioware. Get that. EA now has the sole rights to Star Wars outside of Lego Star Wars. Like, losing that. I mean, you, you got to get Star Wars on Nintendo platform. I mean, Rogue Squadron helped the N64 and the GameCube survive. Uh, Shadows of the Empire and, and, and Battle for Naboo and all those titles, uh, they need that. They need to, to capitalize on that. And if they don't go after EA, even if they have to pay, even if they have to swallow their pride, whatever they have to do, I think without EA, it's going to be a very hard sell to the quote-unquote hardcore gamer uh, simply because those are the people who not only play the Call of Duty. they play the Battlefield, which is EA. They play the Madden, EA. They play the FIFA, EA. Yeah, you know, they, they play these type of games, uh, and they won't be on Nintendo platforms. And once again, we'll be like, okay, well, we'll buy a Nintendo NX for the Nintendo platforms and then a, a PS4 and, and an Xbox One, and third parties will say, well, we're going to jump ship then because people are only using their NX for Nintendo stuff, and, and history will repeat itself. At least my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I have understand like the importance but I don't, I don't like ea has always come out and said like oh we have to see how the platform sells before we make our dedicated hardware decision so that's going to be they already have to go an uphill battle with that um i did want to also respond to what steve was saying just before you i mean they did say that they missed the holiday season because they wanted to make sure they had enough games for launch so i think hopefully that issue should be resolved but I guess the only time to tell once we know. Right, we've heard that before from Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, looking at the release times, I mean, to me, if they don't announce the NX in September, there's absolutely no way it's coming in March. You just, it just okay. is impossible. You just, you yeah. can't, like, it has to be announced in September. 
Uh, when is uh, Tokyo Game Show? No, they were just saying it's not yet TGS. Not, I think it's like, not going to be there at all. They stated they were not going to. They, they but first, but when yeah. when is it though? Like would the name man announce it around that time? December fifteenth through the eighteenth. Okay, so I was trying to get in. So it's still it's September. So I'm I'm wondering if like if they even if they're not taking it there, but they pull like like what Microsoft and and um and Sony both did like they announced it ahead of time, like but they it wasn't actually at E3. They didn't announce the, or they didn't show off their new system at so they might not show it off at TGS, but they might actually like, announce it around that same time, just because they know that there's going to be a lot of um, gaming hype around that time. Maybe I don't know. Just See, it's trying so to throw things against the wall. Nintendo has the opportunity. They had E3, they had Gamescom, and now they have TGS, the three biggest game shows of the year. I understand they didn't want to show the NX because they didn't want ideas copied. Nintendo is very big on that, and, and history proves that like people like to copy Nintendo. Analog Stick, Rumble Pack, the Wiimote. I mean, it's, it's understandable. Um, but what they should have done, at least in my opinion, is at E3, they should have grabbed the press. Closed door behind, you know, in the secret rooms, like when they talked about Pikmin 3 originally, and then they showed up the first thing for, for Skyward Sword, the first poster, you know, did that and just showed select press. Said all you could do is write about how you felt. And just to slowly generate that buzz. Not necessarily what the NX is, but hey, how was it? Was it fun? Did you enjoy what you saw? That, that's it, like a super embargo, but just to build that hype, because we have nothing to go on. We literally have absolutely nothing but rumors about what the system could be and no idea about anything else. They could have done the same thing at Gamescom and generated more hype. Then they could make an announcement, uh, like a Nintendo Direct, before Tokyo Game Show, and then went full force into TGS, which is in Japan, their home country, and went full-blown, here's NX, here it is, for all your glory, public get it, you know, and, and just went to town. Instead, we're going into September now without a clue outside of these rumors, and it's supposedly coming out in six months. Sure. I, I think whoever Nintendo um, has gotten in, term, in, in charge of keeping secrets secret, they need to share them with Apple because they're really struggling. With it. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Um, so I'm going to make a little prediction here. Sorry, I was like looking at my calendar and stuff and kind of, and, and I'll explain my, my reasoning why. All right, my prediction. September 13th, the NX will be unveiled. And a couple reasons why. One, it's after Sony has their conference with the Neo on September 7th and Apple does their stuff, which is totally separate. But, you know, all that kind of stuff is out the way. It's right before Tokyo Game Show, which I know Nintendo's not doing stuff at Tokyo Game Show, but if the NX is already unveiled, it allows third parties to finally speak about their games, that sort of thing. 13th is all, I mean, it's in September. It's smack dab in the middle. It's right there. Uh, Not too late in September, so it's enough time. It's also the exact date that the Wii U had a conference as well a couple years ago, September 13th, uh, with, like, announcements on stuff, too. And I, I read, I think I read somewhere that there was actually another system, maybe it's DS or something, that they also unveiled something that day too. So possibly, which would also mean, and it is way overdue, 
that if they're going to be announcing or giving invites to the press on anything like that this week, they're probably going to have to do it to give them like two weeks or so to kind of plan. Uh, and if you go exactly two weeks out, that's tomorrow. And we just have a podcast tonight. So press invites go out tomorrow, <laughs> conference on the 13th. I don't know. Maybe I'm being crazy, but I can kind of see that happening. As a I'm with you. I, it totally makes sense. And and if they haven't thought about that, hopefully they're listening um, because we know <laughs> they do that and because we influence when do they do Nintendo Directs. And we've made so many changes in the company so far. Um, but but it makes a lot of sense. It does, especially I, I love the idea of not only, you know, what we've said about the, in connection with CGS because, like, not only would they do something similar, you know, I thought, you know, it's with, you know, Sony and Microsoft did and with announcing their next system before the event, but being able to let third parties just run with it at the event. Like, maybe Nintendo won't be present with it, but that doesn't mean that third party their third parties can just blow the water out, uh, blow out of the water with, with all what they can show during the event. So that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, and like you guys all said, they don't do anything in September. I mean, we've talked about it several months ago, like when we first found out it was March. We're like, wow, is is that enough time? Was that not enough time? And I said specifically, like I like when they close that gap a little bit. But it's getting pretty close right now. <laughs> like, I, it's beyond my like my time frame. <laughs> I would have liked maybe you know a nine months ahead of time, but getting close to six months or less is is pushing it um, in terms of my preference. Right. Well, I do agree with um, the time frame that you presented, but I also kind of see where it might be like that September 29th thing, where it's like, oh, be just barely in the month kind of thing. Like a number of their other announcements was like, oh, coming this month. And then it's like the last day of the month. Oh, by the way, now it's available. And it's like, really? You just barely caught the month. Um, so I see him pulling that. You know, the Nintendo Direct seemed to be have a tendency to be on Thursdays for the most part. So that's why I picked the 29th. It's like one of the last days of the month of September. So We'll probably have like a podcast like the week before. Like, Come on, where is this thing? And then like, oh, by the way, next week here is the announcement. So we have to do a podcast like a week after. We're gonna either be talking about it right before or right after. Or yeah. both. Right, I'll be on my honeymoon at that point, so you guys will probably be talking True. about it. Your um, <laughs> your wife is gonna be like, pay attention to me, and I'm like, I got Nintendo news to read about. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was just talking to her about the NX earlier today, so maybe she'll be interested in finding out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. um, but hey, I want to say, Hassan, I really hope your prediction is correct. And I really, really want the the 13th to be correct, or sooner. Well, I, doing it on the 7th would be suicide, just the Sony thing. Right. I don't know what the thing is. But I do think that you're smart because it's right before TGS, and I think that is a, a really good time. That being said, this is Nintendo we're talking about. Correct, <laughs> be correct, because they're going to do it at the the ass end of the month, and and they're going to be like, oh, here it is. We said September, oh, right here at the end, last Thursday. Um, so while I hope Hassan is correct, I really think <laughs> knowing Nintendo Direct is going to pull out a win on this. Um, <laughs> but that being said, uh, I do. Uh, there's one other thing we we didn't mention. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw. But Square Enix did announce, I just remember this now, they announced Dragon Quest 10 and 11 are both going to the NX. 
which makes five confirmed games now for the NX, uh, counting Zelda. So that's kind of cool to uh, to see that actually happen uh, because of Square Enix support, and maybe Final Fantasy or uh, Kingdom Hearts might might follow suit. But it's really good. Now, now hopefully they come to America. That'd be the big key. Well, and those yeah. are, I mean, with, with Zelda and then those games as well, those are those are console-level games as well. Yeah. So if this does turn out to be a handheld, that's exciting because we're getting console-level games on a handheld. Well, not only that, Steve, but Dragon Quest X is an MMO. It's an MMO on the PC, mm-hmm. on the Wii, and on the Wii U, and now on the NX, which means it will be not only a console-level game portable, but an MMO that theoretically will be able to connect with Wii, PC, and Wii U gamers as well. That's pretty impressive. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. So NX has a cellular chip, chip in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to Something. Maybe. So, I, you know, we're talking about when the NX is going to come, but I think the other question is, in what fashion are they going to announce it? Um, and, you know, I, we've talked about this in the past, too, where, you know, obviously they haven't done one like this, but having a traditional press conference or something uh, generates hype and all that. Uh, realistically, you know, if we're going off, you know, if I'm going to make another prediction here, the way, <laughs> the way that I see them doing it is another Nintendo Direct-like event. I, I don't know that they might call it a Direct, and maybe it's called a Nintendo special event or something like that, but, you know, something streamed, but then also simultaneously an event for press uh, privately so that they actually get hands-on impressions, that sort of thing, so they can kind of cover it later. And then a Treehouse Live thing to kind of go through gameplay or something like that. That's kind of how I see it happening. Ideally, you know, a full-blown press conference would be really cool. But again, if they're going to do something in September, they need to get those invites and all that stuff out ASAP so people can schedule for that, that sort of thing. So what do you guys think? Are you uh, specifically holding off on planning your honeymoon just to see where they go for this event so that you can, like, make that your destination? Uh, I'll have to cancel my uh, my uh, Disneyland trips. And... <laughs> there you go. Um, they might come to Disneyland. Who knows? Uh, I, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't see them actually, you know, pulling off of, you know, a standalone press event like, like Apple does or anything like that. I, it, I think they they've kind of fully bought into the whole, you know, this is a digital world, so we're going to go digital for our announcements and stuff like that. And they, they like the whole Treehouse of live events, which are, which are pretty cool. I mean, I don't dislike them. Um, I think I wish they did more than that, but I think I don't dislike them. I like at E3 this year was really cool. I got a really good taste of a lot of what I would have gotten if I was actually there because I was, you know, if I was there, I would have been walking through with Nintendo employees through their booths, and they would have been talking about the different, you know, well, this year would have been one <laughs> game. But in past years, it was the same thing. You know, we walked through the Nintendo booth, and they, did, you know, displayed the game a little bit. I would have got hands-on, but that it really doesn't differ much between what they show you in terms of a demo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it's a safe prediction, I think. But it's, I, I think, probably what is going to happen there probably going to do some something like that um i would love it if if they did you know some some big event and and try to invite as much press as they could but especially because there are like i mean i know i know other companies are worldwide companies too but 
especially like I don't know for some reason Nintendo feels more worldwide than than like a Microsoft or an Apple or something like that. Mainly because probably because they're based in Japan, um, because they're not based here in America. So I don't expect them to do anything big in America, because number one, if they are going to do anything, it's probably going to be around Tokyo Game Show, and that's not in America, and and because they're not an American company, like so. I feel like it'd be it'd be weird if they did like say, okay, in New York, we're announcing, you know, NX, and we're inviting everybody, you know, all the press in America and, and around the world to come. That would just kind of seem out of place, I think, for Nintendo to do that as well. Right, unless it was at E3, which is when everybody's already there, but exactly right. skip that. Yeah. Yeah, I I want. My dream and what what I think would be the most ideal would be them to actually do a live show, um, whether that be in Tokyo for TGS or in California or New York, uh, somewhere, do do some kind of live show. Make it grand. Make it with, like, a live orchestra playing, like, a whole concert beforehand in honor of Iwata, you know, with, with balloon fight music and Mario music and Zelda music. Just go big or go home kind of deal. And that could even be their slogan, like get in or get out, go big or go home kind of deal. And and show it off in grand scale. And after showing it off, allow the press to get hands-on. While the press is getting hands-on, switch to a Nintendo Treehouse Live and let them do it. The very next day, Best Buys all over will have NX units that you could get in line and try like they do during E3. More than just the select few they've had but they already have a partnership in Best Buy. People will line up in droves to get their hands on this thing early. That will not only get the press hands on, they'll get the message out. They'll also give it to other people and let everybody make their own initial first impression. And, you know, it's one of those things with the Wii U. They said, oh, it's really hard for us to show this thing. We really need to play it. We really need to understand. And that's kind of the message with VR. And, like, VR right now, like, I wasn't sold on, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Maybe I'll get it. And Sony's been doing these uh, demos at Select GameStop. And I went with my wife one Sunday. And actually my father. We went. And we all, we all tried it. And we all fell in love with it. Like, I'm getting it. Like, at launch. Like, I really didn't think I, it would be as good as it was. And that's something you can't really sell without that hands-on. And Nintendo tried with the Wii U. They had their little van around, their little party thing. But it wasn't enough. They need big. They need hey, Best Buy's right here. And not like the Best Buy in, in you know, whatchamacallit, Idaho. Like, put them in the cities. Put them in, the, put them in rural areas. Put them everywhere. Just get the units out and let people play. Let people talk. Do little giveaways, you know, little buttons and stickers and cheap crap that you could produce for nickels and dimes. People love that stuff. Just make them happy. Make them remember why they love Nintendo. And that's their childhood. That's the, the fun, magical, whimsical world that Nintendo is able to bring us to. And, and just bring out that spirit. Play off that spirit. And they can, they can literally go big and, and win, I think, if they do but it. But in reality, it would probably just be at the New, the New York um, Nintendo World Store, and that would be it. <laughs> probably. The first 100 <laughs> people or something. Right, oh, exactly. <laughs> I don't go to those things. That's way too annoying. Yeah, no, I agree with the the Best Buy. I think the, like, PlayStation VR, I tried it out um, there. I mean, I already had it pre-ordered, but it was really cool to go there. I even tried the Oculus, which 
I have no intention of getting, but it was a really cool thing to try. And I mean, just that whole experience and like, it's, it's important to do. I think they'll have to be a little careful time frame wise, because if they are doing it like the next day and something kind of ships out early or something happens and then your whole NX reveal, you know, could get leaked, you know, that sort of thing. So you have to kind of like, well, it could be like the following weekend or something. Yeah. 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 But definitely, I, I think, and it's the holidays. So like immediately you want to get that stuff out there. This is the time when people will be in the stores, you know? Um, so this is the time to get that stuff out there. Definitely. Not only that, what if they do something in the holidays for an incentive, like an early bird kind of incentive, like, you know how they did with the Wii U, the lock, they had that digital promotion. Like, Hey, if you wind up pre-ordering a, a, an NX before, you know, December 21st or something, you get a free game or you get a special edition console, kind of like the Xbox One Day One Edition. People eat that up. And if people are already in the store shopping for Christmas, oh, well, this comes out in March. Little Jimmy wants it, you know, for Christmas. Well, here, pre-order it now. You get him a bonus game. You get him a special edition. Here's a poster. Make him feel like a champ, and he'll get it in March. And, you know, all you have to do is put $50 yeah. down, you know? Yeah. And, or, you know, yeah, especially if you give him something physical that you're like, because it's weird, you know, when you're like, like, oh, you know, Johnny, um, same kid, like, we got you this NX for Christmas, but it's not going to arrive till March. Um, but if you've got some physical incentive thing, you like, but, you know, um, to, to tide you over, we, you know, go big. Um, like you're saying, like, give them a, a free game for 3DS or, or I don't know, some, something cool that they could use until that time, um, more than just a poster. Um, to give them actually, you know, something really cool. Hell, they could even, I don't know if you remember back in the GameCube days, they actually did those, like, promotional DVDs that actually were giveaway with all mm-hmm. the new games coming out. Like, they could do something like that. Like, here, here's all the games coming up launch. And, and you know, you get to pick which game you want for free. Here, look at, look at, choose. And then, then make it like, oh, you also get, you know, 50% off the second game or something. Like, an incentive to, to bring up that, that, uh, Attach rate, like like the Wii sold, well like a hundred and something million, but its attach rate was like a nine games per system, which is really bad when you think about over a hundred million units sold. They need to bring that attach rate up, and that's why third parties are leaving Nintendo. So hey, incentive, fifty percent off your first game outside of the freebie, twenty five percent off your next game after that, or something like, or fifty percent off up to three games at launch. People will say, I'm going to buy that many games. Like, your attach rate initially will go skyrocketing. You take a little bit of a loss, but you gain in the end. Mm-hmm. Use the mind Nintendo thing to advantage. That's what I was just about to say. Like, oh, you can pay 500 <laughs> platinum coins to get 10% off. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you know, use my Nintendo and have exclusive Miitomo items like a a shirt with the logo of whatever the next system is. So you can kind of brag and show everybody that, Hey, you know, you got, uh, uh, um, you pre-order the next system have, you know, that's how you get Mewtwo yeah. pre-order the NX in Pokemon go. That's how you get Mewtwo. Done. NX pre-order sold out instantly. I, I know you're kind of joking, but that's serious. Like with them having their yeah. mobile presence and everything, there's so many other ways for them to advertise and, and incentivize, which is, Hey, I yeah. hope they're thinking about that. I, I mean, I hope they are, only because I buy everything Nintendo, and so it's not going to be a problem for me. But other people are going to be like, why would they do such a thing? But really, it's smart. 
because it, it taps them back into that, that whole ecosystem. Well, it's one thing I talked about probably last year, or no, it had to be before that. It had to be about two years ago on the podcast where I said when they come out with the next system, what they can do, because at that point we didn't even know what it was, they can they can launch with, with some digital titles, some virtual console games. They're their own titles and say, here's 30 titles, pick 10 for free as an early adopter. 10 for free. They give away games. They're digital titles. It doesn't cost them a dime. And people see 10 free games right on the package. That's going to draw their eye. And when the titles are not, you know, some shovelware, but you're talking Mario and Zelda and Metroid, and, you know, making some NES, some SNES, N64, whatever, just classic games for free, grab into that childhood, especially the people who left Nintendo at the 64 days. Then they, then they were PS2, and you know, PS3, PS4, Xbox, PS60, and never went back. Now it's like, oh, man, I love these games. The NES Classic Mini is doing that. Do it again with the, the NX. Like, play to that crowd. I got an idea. All right, here we go. This is not going to happen, but it'd be cool if it did. <laughs> you pre-order an NX around Christmas time. They throw in a mini NES as your incentive gift. You can give that to your kid, put it under the tree, because that'd be cool. And then all 30 of those games that are going to be on a mini NES are also going to be on your NX when it ships in March. There you go. There you go. Instant. <laughs> it wins. And then now the, the reality of Nintendo is you're going to pay full <laughs> price for the mini NES. You're going to pay full price for the NX. You know, for pre-order, you get nothing. <laughs> Get a keychain. That's the reality. <laughs> yeah, right. You get a, key you get a Zelda keychain. That's what you get. Yeah. See, now here's another thing they could do. Talking about padding, what they they can if they haven't already done this, they really should get a third party. You know, any small development studio. Hey, you want to make money? You want a constant contract? And make that studio, that little studio, whatever, take all the classic games and just make compilations and release them at launch for like $10 or $20 a shot. If they put out an NX card at launch with Mario 1, like all the 2D Marios in one shot, from Mario 1 to new Super Luigi U, every one for 20 bucks, that will sell. Mario 64 to Super Mario 3D World, all in one shot, 20 bucks. Boom. That will sell like hotcakes. Even if they went to 40 bucks, it would sell. But at 20 bucks, it wouldn't cost them a dime. They really do. They would pay them probably pennies because it's a third party. Wouldn't take anything away from the new development. Here they are. Oh, you missed the Wii U? Well, you missed the, you know, the Nintendo games? Okay, we'll get those plus all the other ones from your childhood that you haven't played in ages. All in HD and all portable. I mean, come on. All the Zeldas in one thing. That wouldn't sell for 40 bucks. That would be hotcakes. You know, all the yeah. Metroids. All the F-Zeros. Yeah. All the cards. I mean, they have a library. 30 plus years. Use it. And it's so cheap. They can fit them all on a card easily. Yeah. Well, even throw in, you know, I know it's it's annoying for people that already own it on, on virtual console, but I think it'd be really cool if they say, you know, from, you know, the next the next Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, comes with a digital copy, you know, virtual console copy of the first Zelda game. Like, even throwing them in a small little incentive sort of thing like that gets people on that system and it gets people knowing, oh, hey, there is a virtual console, there is a digital, you know, shop, and I can go and get all these classic games. Like we said that before many times, like we got, they have to widen that, the knowledge base so that that stuff actually exists because, 
Like there's so many people that I talk to that have no clue that you can even play classic games on their Wii. No idea. Like they, they see these little mini NES coming out and they're like, isn't that so awesome? That's so cool. Now I can play the old classic games on my TV. I'm like, you have a Wii, you, you have a Wii sitting there that's been sitting there since uh, 2006 that could do the exact same thing, but you had no clue. And here's the funny thing about that. If you look at the Wii Virtual Console, it's honestly pitiful. If you look at the Wii Virtual Console, it's great. Every single week, there was new Virtual Console games. Now, lately, there's occasionally a Virtual Console game. But there's, like, 2013 to 2015 almost. There was, like, nothing released at all. It was, like, the most dry spell. And, and they, they dropped it. So they need to capitalize on that. But as long as they don't do that pre-order thing, like, it better not be digital only in the sense, like, if you, if you get Breath of the Wild digitally, we'll give you a digital Zelda. It has to be physical as well. Otherwise, you alienate consumers. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of great ideas for Nintendo. I don't know <laughs> if they're going Who to. Who can make sure that <laughs> all our listeners send this to Nintendo America, at Nintendo America on Twitter, and Nintendo, send it on over to them, see what we can do. Like, that's what, like, uh, who is it? Um, People do that all the time. Ellen does it on the Ellen show. Your job is to get this to Disney. Okay, this is your job. Get this to Nintendo. <laughs> and and use use the subject line. If you're smart, you will watch this. If you <laughs> want money, you will watch this. <laughs> and and skip ahead to whatever minute because don't listen. I mean, they could listen to what games we're playing. The fact that we're not really <laughs> playing much could send them yeah. a, little, a little message too. Yeah. True. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. We say this every month. Um, we're not any closer to the NX than we were before. At least we, we don't know. I mean, it could come out tomorrow, it could come out five months from now. Who knows when, when the announcement will come or, or what they'll do. Um, but if, if many of the recent rumors are to be believed and Nintendo is going to unveil something in September, then we're just about here. So it's an exciting time, definitely, uh, to, you know, be on the cusp of a, of a brand new piece of hardware from Nintendo. So definitely very exciting. And what was that? E minus 32 days. Sometime in the next 32 days. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll see. And maybe they'll, you know, press invites go up tomorrow and the event will be September 13th. Maybe. I mean, I have zero credibility, so I don't, I don't know what to base that off of, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but we did do a podcast tonight, so I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo makes kind email. of announcement pretty soon. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's basically that. Um, we will be back soon to discuss, you know, whatever happens or does not happen with the NX. Um, if, if they do announce the NX, you know, mid-September or, you know, in the, in the near future, uh, we'll probably do a podcast, like, right after that uh, to kind of discuss it. Otherwise, at least by the end of the month, uh, you'll definitely hear from us. Uh, maybe not from me, particularly, depending on the timing, because uh, I may be away. But uh, regardless, uh, lots of exciting things coming from Nintendo and should be fun to, uh, to hear about it. Um, so I do want to give another uh, thank you to, uh, to Jabri Jefferson and uh, Mike in the chat for, for joining us as well. Uh, we're reading along with the comments. Mike was saying, I'm thinking the NX will be coming between this coming month and the end of October. 
Uh, Jay Bruce Jefferson said October or November. So they seem to be given a little bit more time for the NX. So, hey, maybe. You never know. Uh, we'll have to, uh, to wait and see. But, uh, but thank you again to everybody uh, for, uh, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next time. And congratulations in advance to Hudson. Thank you. Big man the next time we see you on the podcast. (laughs) I must say, it's on my invitation got lost in the mail, I think. Um, You have to send it again. (laughs) Uh, No, the, uh, (laughs) you know, it's it's a challenging thing. (laughs) So many uh, fights and drama and all that stuff. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad it's behind me. I'm glad. <laughs> if we were to do it all over again, honestly, like my wife and I have talked many times, if we were to do it all over again, we would have done a destination wedding, like immediate family, go someplace, have some fun, and just call it a day. Right. right. We were going to do that, but it was too hard. So we just said, screw it. We're going to go to the courthouse, pay 28 bucks. Parents on each side are there. That's it. Done. It was destination, just a little closer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, uh, my fiance is, is a gamer too, so I'm sure, you know, I'll have more gamer experiences to talk about uh, down the road as well. And so it should be fun. Definitely uh, looking forward to it. Um, cool. So that uh, that wraps things up for tonight. So thank you all again for, uh, for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Good night. Yep. Good night.